G'day and welcome to the Vibe Union Podcast. Chatting with Melbourne musicians, creatives and keeping an eye on the scene. I am your host, Rath. Now, before we get started, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land that we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. These are stolen lands that we live and work on. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Now, we say, keeping an eye on the local scene... But today we're going international, but with strong ties to the local scene. We are talking to one of the co-founders of Vibe Union. It's MQ. Hey, get it, mate. How you going? Yeah, really good, man. Really good. Um, yeah, things are feeling nice. Things are feeling good. It's good to be back in Melbourne right now. Here you are. It's a uh, beautiful, balmy weather out here in Melbourne. <laughs> you chose the perfect time of year to come on down yep. when the scene is popping. No one's uh, hiding away in their homes at all. That's for sure. Everyone's <laughs> ready to get out and amongst it. Um, you've been elsewhere. MQ, where have you been? Uh, I've been uh, <laughs> been here, there, and everywhere. I've been to been to London to visit the Queen, mm-hmm. or at least the equivalent. Did you just check, uh, go for her birthday. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Um, yeah what did you get her? Uh, Monkeypox. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, great. Let's also, let's do that. Hey, there we go. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, been been living in Pakistan for the past seven months. Mm-hmm. So, around about October last year, decided now's a good time to get married. So, went over there, hung out with the fan band for a bit, mm-hmm. got married. Kept hanging out with the fan band. Great. And uh, being being a hustler, being an artist, being creative, I was like, I'm not sitting still. I'm not just going to become a family guy. Yeah. Like he's a fan, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided I would just throw myself into my music full time and and make a living out of that and mm-hmm. try to do that in Pakistan. So oh, yeah. that's what I've been up to. And, and so I'm here for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. for my brother's, uh, one of his many wedding functions. He's only having the one wedding, but Pakistani culture dictates that you need to have about... 10 different functions, and if mm-hmm. you live in two different places, that's 20 different functions. So, yeah, right. it's, been, it's been a ride. <laughs> so I'm sure that the uh, Pakistani um, music scene is almost identical in terms of how it functions as the Aussie scene, so we don't even need to get into it. But is there any small little things that differ in any way that we can riff on for a while? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, <laughs> great. You know, it's a, it's a good assumption because mu- <laughs> music is universal, man. Mm-hmm. Like everywhere you go, music is the only language. Like you're right, but also people sing in different languages. Yeah. And different keys and different key structures. Mm-hmm. There's microtones and things there. Yeah. So music as an industry over there is just starting to adopt from Western culture, right? So mm-hmm. for a very long time... Uh, Pakistani music as an industry was just more or less the shadow or offshoot of what India was exporting. And what India was exporting was, uh, you know, officializing or modernizing traditional musical styles and senses. So you've got people still singing like what are called ghazals and ragas. And these are like solo Mm. devotional pieces. Mm. Uh, A lot of music comes from either a place of praise or they just love songs. And then more recently, things like heartbreak and stuff. But Mm -hmm. like thematically, up until maybe 15, 20 years ago, Pakistan was doing musically what the West had been doing. Pakistan and India um, were doing musically what the West kind of moved beyond from the 50s and 60s. Things like Elvis Presley and stuff, which was already its own appropriation of the 20s and 30s of blues. Mm -hmm. Pakistan is just getting out of really generic rock, really straightforward, (laughs) like... You know, there's nothing complex about the music that goes on there mm-hmm. aside from things like those traditional scales. And they're yeah. only complex to a Western ear because we're used to a 12-tone scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got all these microtones and stuff yeah. and I'm just starting to scratch the surface. So yeah. 
as are they in- following the same scales as uh, Indian traditional music then? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, right. So, so there's all these. The thing is, like, I'm not trained in any of that, so it's yeah, only my yeah, yeah. ear picking up on things like microtones. When I'm trying yeah. to like transpose by ear a certain yeah. tune and going, my keyboard doesn't have this note. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. what is F sharp flat? Mm-hmm. You know, and and things like that. So, discovering that has been really cool because I want to try and understand production a bit more because I want to carve things out more as a business. There, like, mm-hmm. I'm exploring as a creative, and that's fun. But I see an opportunity as a business person mm. to. Yeah, to kind of enter the market and actually actually like be a professional and mm. in the sense of like this is what I do for my profession. Mm. So industry-wise, the, the ball game is very different there. It's a very different scene. Um, I, I live in a city called Hyderabad, right? And that is essentially like the Geelong to Karachi's Melbourne. Okay. Uh, Karachi being the sort of – well, Karachi's a bit more like Sydney in a sense yeah. that it's like the place everyone knows of. It's very tourist. Sure. Centric, it's very like export and external centric, though it is still quite rooted in like traditional culture. Mm-hmm. Hyderabad is the sort of like Wangaratta, like real backwater, <laughs> almost like the gateway, uh, sorry, Parramatta, mm-hmm. kind of like the gateway in. Um, or yeah, if we're going from Melbourne, you're looking at like some of these sort of middling towns like mm-hmm. Albury or something that then take you into further into the interior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can find one of the, the signs that say like, welcome to this city and you yeah. can graffiti on it and say the Wangaratta of <laughs> Pakistan, <laughs> uh, I'd be very appreciative of that. All right, cool. Mission, mission, mission accepted. Right, excellent. Um, We'll put it on the Vibe Union. <laughs> put it on the Vibe Union Instagram. Why not? Yeah. Well, look, I'll do that and then stick a Vibe Union sticker on the uh, on the yeah. end of it. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Speaking of which, man, Vibe Union's popping off. It's been cool seeing what's been going on. Like I'm watching from a distance. Mm-hmm. Like been really happy with seeing you know new events burgeoning up, yep. new things off shooting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, watching watching people who like got their first break at like a Vibe Union open mic, like got their first taste of being on a stage. First time collaborating with someone, first time releasing a single through VU, now putting on events, now putting on like all this kind of stuff. That's sick, man. How, how does that feel like to be, you know, you're still at the helm of this. You're mm-hmm. still, you know, crushing all this effort. How does that feel to, um, to be facilitating so much opportunity and then watching that growth happen now organically? I mean, it's the fulfilling part of doing all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess uh, you don't want to... You don't want to stagnate, and I'm mm-hmm. definitely someone who ever wants to move on to the next thing. So yeah, um, it, it's felt very evolutionary in the past um, past yeah few months, especially with um, tones was kind of our biggest like tones is a, a bit of a um, now is our bar for me of yep. like that's what that's what we want to look like. Speaking of which, yeah. man, Jag was freaking cool. What a revelation! Jag's like, crazy. Yeah, Jag is yeah one of the. Um, one of the best performers I have seen in a long, long time. For like such power in those both mm-hmm. lyrics and the songs. Yeah. With the amount of like cool, like that's the the steez yeah. applies there so hard. Yeah. It was yeah that was really cool to watch and to to then be like oh and this is a vibe union thing mm-hmm. right and like the stage that's set up it feels real tiny desk it feels really well produced the lighting the the. Like kudos to the whole. Well, kudos was also kick ass, yep. but like kudos <laughs> and credit to the whole team yeah. um, that went into that. Man, that's the massive, massive level up. Big, big couple of days. Um, I don't know if I actually put the, together the time lapse. I've got a time lapse somewhere on my hard drive of mm-hmm. like putting it all together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a big old, big old working bee from I think yeah two full days pretty much to, wow. to kind of put it all together, which was great. So much fun. Very exhausting, but so <laughs> so much fun. 
Yep, labor of love. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been amazing. It's been really, really good. Um, I have very much a desire for clean cut design and and, mm-hmm. and uh, the way things run. I like everything to be nice and um, locked in, consistent. And I feel like we've really come into that brand of Vibe Union, which, you know, that's not its core. Its core mm. is people. It is building that platform and, and mm-hmm. building people up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really definitely very proud of the past few months of getting looking real good <laughs> amazing <laughs> man sick, yeah. amazing and it's, it's been cool to watch that because then what we've been doing and and like especially the way like when it comes to work ethic when it comes to formalizing process that you taught me mm-hmm. that's what i've been trying to do when i got to pakistan pretty mm-hmm. much from day dot i was like cool all right i need a studio space so mm-hmm. set up you know labor and things like that are really cheap there parts are really cheap so setting up mm. a studio like I have a 10 by 6 foot room yeah. that is all foam walled it's like nice it looks good there's LED lighting and stuff yeah, and that got set like up a huge for, upgrade when I, st- when I saw yeah. your stories and, <laughs> and reels and stuff like that pop up, uh, popping yeah. up um, it, yeah crazy it's been a lot of fun and like cost wise relative like way way cheap like to mm-hmm. set that up in the home and then it's done like that's it and then I wake up I put myself on Google Maps and things like mm-hmm. that and people are approaching me for work um, and then how to go about oh, that in a yeah. formalized process. Like it's, <laughs> it's cool, you know? And, yeah. and, um, and I think there's this difference here. There's a saturation of the market, especially with the kind of music that we're making, sure. especially at the underground level without things like A&R, without things like label representation, yeah. marketing teams, huge budgets. Like mm-hmm. some people are literally like, you know, like here in Melbourne, like some people are either like flush with cash from like family. Some people are well set up when it comes to, um, like other means of generating income. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are like literally taking out loans to finance shit um, here to only put out like underground music. Mm. So that saturation is massive and the appetite is thus pretty low. Mm-hmm. You kind of, like we've described since the start, some of the gigs for hip hop in Melbourne tend to just be hip hop artists going to check out other hip hop artists and inviting them to their shows where there's hip hop artists checking out other hip hop artists. And what you have in Pakistan is this real difference where there's a huge consumer base and very little to feed their appetite Mm -hmm. beyond what's traditional. And what's traditional has worked for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is great, but there are songs like from the 60s and from the 80s and from the 90s of Pakistani music that are still being re-performed today to raucous applause and covers of those songs that are still mm. getting shared around like crazy. And, and and that's kind of it. Like that's kind mm. of the scene. So to deliver something new is both challenging but also exciting because there is now a growing appetite for something different. There mm. is an audience class that is accessing Western media and different sounds. It doesn't have to all come from the US and from Canada, but there are people listening to all kinds of acts from around the world and going, I want something like this. Mm-hmm. I want I want something in my language like this. And so trying to go over there and now deliver it, trying to like, I've had to teach myself how to not only speak Urdu fluently, which I never did because it wasn't a family language, um, to like making it a language I can rap in mm. and, and learning how to flow in it, learning, learning the nuances where it's not just, I can no longer apply the same flows and just fill it with Urdu syllables. There's nuance to language there, the way the sentence structure works. Right, right, right. It means like the stuff that I shy away from here is, let's say, for example, I don't want to fall in it. I don't want to call in it. I don't want to ball in it. I don't want to crawl in it. 
like the in it at the end makes me feel lazy mm-hmm. because I, the ending rhyme is the same and I'm just changing up full call, raw call. Mm-hmm. Um, but now over there, you have to do it. The way sentences are mostly structured, grammar, for example, forces you to put the same word at the end, which is just like a preposition or something like mm-hmm. that. And you almost, you can't avoid it. So trying to find those challenges around, because then when I started listening to the local like hip hop stuff, I would hear that stuff and then tri- go like, oh, that's you know lazy rapping. Cause they keep rhyming the same words at the end and won't even rhyme the internal. Mm-hmm. So they'll just be like, that suffices for a rhyme. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, right. Okay, cool. So, so then I'll like approach some of the fans that are like listening to this stuff and some of them in my family or friendship circles. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, but dude, it's like, you know, that's awesome. No one else is doing that. Yeah. I was like, oh, of course, like that's the bar. Like what are other people doing? Mm -hmm. So there's a real opportunity to come in with a lot of rapping that I've learned like from you, that I've Mm -hmm. learned from like Dilly Dave, um, from like some like Toomey and Tricks, hanging out with Tricks, Mm -hmm. right? Like the way that these guys like put together words and whole rhyme schemes and things like that. Mm. I just go, okay, cool. If I transport that into Urdu, Mm -hmm. It's immediately impressive. Mm. And so I had this run of tracks that I put out on Instagram mm-hmm. and people were just like, this is different. This mm-hmm. is like out and out different to what we're hearing. And that, that's a cool response. Mm. Uh, so is, do you think there is a scene there um, that has more knowledge of the traditional, I mean, uh, of, of American hip hop and a, a bit mm. of an understanding of the history there? Or is it all super, super fresh and super, super... I don't want to say service level, but I am saying so. <laughs> service yeah. level. There's yeah, so it's a really good question. I think there's very little regard for the lineage of hip hop. Mm-hmm. There are people that are like, oh, I love Tupac or I love Biggie, right? And yeah. that's easy to say. Even here in Melbourne, you get a lot of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when that's what people lead with when it comes to hip hop, it's like, okay, you probably have sat down and listened to a lot of Tupac, and you probably internalized a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But what you're not getting is. For, for me, it's uh, rapping as an MC, as artistry, as mm-hmm. actual like lyrical play, right? Mm-hmm. And the poetry of it. That I think is a little bit lost. Mm-hmm. And then what is in the present hip hop scene is a lot of, um, it's it, you know, if it was still like Tupac and Biggie, then they would be doing a lot of boom bap stuff. They would be yep. focusing on a lot of wordplay and, and talking about some deep messages and stuff. Mm. But sadly that's been missed. They Those are icons that they hold and then they've got this notion of hip hop in their heads and then Spotify, YouTube, feed them what is hip hop now. Mm. And what they're getting is Drake and you know Wiz Khalifa and Young Thug and, and stuff like that. Sure. Nothing wrong with those guys, but what I'm saying is they're then copying those themes and literally like the, the hottest guys right now in Pakistan are Young Stunners Mm-hmm. And their music. That's so might- funny. I was in the uh, I was in an um, in an Uber the other day. Oh yeah, uh, first Uber I've caught in a long time. Yeah. Um, and dudes from Pakistan. Yeah. And obviously name dropped you. We started mm-hmm. talking about Pakistani rap. Dude was actually like an engineer from from Pakistan. He moved oh, yeah. over here to work on um, water irrigation and stuff like that yep. here. Um, but he's like, you gotta check out Young Stunners. Yeah, they right. are the shit. Uh-huh. And um, I could not remember. The name. Yeah. But now, yep. I, now you have brought them back to my attention. There you so. go, man. Um, listen to them and then you'll yep. very quickly get the vibe of what I'm saying because okay. maybe when they started out, they were talking about some real shit, mm-hmm. but now they have realized that there is a model and there is mm. a formula to follow. Yeah. And so when, by the time I was about to go to Pakistan, so this is October, they just released this banger of a hit called Why Not Mary Jan? And it's like, why not my dear? Mm-hmm. Um, why not my love? And it's like, you know, they might as well have taken a Drake track 
translated the lyrics yeah. and put them over a Drake type beat yeah. because it's got that sort of dance hall feel and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And, you know, to me, that just feels like the height of kind of laziness. It's, you're not mm-hmm. even, at this point, like other than using the words Medijan, which is a local like term of endearment, yeah. you're actually not injecting any of like local culture, yeah. not injecting like anything beyond surface level identity. Yeah. And so what, what's actually been really concerning, like since I got there, was I was really shocked to see how much uh, culture and how much identity people, like young people in Pakistan are importing and yeah, are like yeah, plastering yeah, yeah. over themselves. And I got there at the age of 30, right? Like mm-hmm. having lived here my whole life, every time I went over there to visit, I would be kind of in the family bubble. My family's quite conservative. We yep. live in Hyderabad, which is quite isolated from sort of more mainstream, wider youth culture, especially. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot. There's not that many young people in my family. There's, well, yeah. Yep. So I get over there at 30, having gone through as many identity crises as a man can have at 30. <laughs> and I had kind of begun to make peace with like who I am culturally, right? Yep. Like, I was born Pakistani. Like I am a Muslim man. Like I like adhere to certain things. And there are certain things in my DNA that like I can't shirk. And that's Mm -hmm. like a sense of responsibility or a moral code. And my parents have given me that. And my family has given me that. Yeah. And so I finally made my peace with the fact that like I'm, you know, still Pakistani first. And then Australian is sort of where I've grown up. And Mm -hmm. there's some things I love from here and some things I don't. Yeah. And I go over there and I'm like, cool, well, like everyone living in Pakistan isn't going to be having these identity crises. They're going to be like a lot more, you know, galvanized in their faith. They're Mm -hmm. going to be a lot more community oriented. They're going to be a lot more family minded, Mm -hmm. a lot less individualistic, like all the stuff that I didn't like about Australia. I didn't expect to see there, Mm -hmm. but they've taken it and like gone way further. Okay. There is like a level of selfishness and apathy towards your fellow man that like feels like American hyper-individualist, capitalist kind of ideals on steroids. Right. And that to me was like really baffling. Then listening to the art and creativity scene, there are very few people, like I can, like probably the only people I really respect in the music scene over in Pakistan right now, are like Baba Mangi, uh, Indus Valley Squad. Mm-hmm. So that's like Gashi Heder, Amjad. Uh, you've got these guys, Kumail, uh, Kumail um, uh, is a champion as well. You've got these like really cool, musicians that are coming from a place of like, we know who we are as Sindhis, we're going to rap about that lived experience and put that out. So they're going from bottom up Mm -hmm. rather than reverse engineering what they think an audience wants to hear or what they know is hot somewhere else. Mm. Everyone else is carbon copying. Um, Do you think, and this is obviously going to be different for every single artist, but do you think, um, well, I mean, this is very drastically different, but nonetheless, like it still happens here in Australia, obviously, like uh, hip hop is not a uh, not an Australian origi- originally not an Australian genre. Mm-hmm. It's also originally not uh, a white guy's genre. Like like so, most artists in Australia are guests. So there's automatically, I think, perhaps a little bit of an identity crisis, mm-hmm. a little bit of imposter syndrome, um, and there's there's a lot. Just as you know, I get, there's a lot of layers to kind of unpack in yourself going into it. Do you think that they are? Um, I'm trying to think of a way to put this put this lightly, but I'm, I think I'm just going to have to dive into it. Yeah. Do you think there's a bit of a, a, a frustration that they're not that they don't look like the rappers that they're listening to? Then sure. there, there's a bit of a not only imposter syndrome, but like Pakistan is is not going to be painted in the same light. Being a Pakistani rapper is not going to be painted in the same light in terms of because hip hop, especially what they're consuming, is mm-hmm. so 
so American capitalism Mm -hmm. and to look good on camera is to look American and capitalist. Mm -hmm. And so that's two drastically different cultures. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I don't know if there's a proper question in there, but go ahead with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, there there is right. Like, there's this sense of this is what's being created, so this is sort of the benchmark. This mm-hmm. is what you emulate. And as artists, we all do that, right? Like, so many artists will come out and say, like, nothing's original. Like, how many people have told us that? Like, yeah. you know, steal this art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's stolen. Nothing's original. Of course. Like, when you start out, you start by emulation. That's how you learn everything. Yeah. And then you get to a certain point. It's the depth of that emulation that I think is is really strong. Mm-hmm. And it's this mm-hmm. belief that, okay, cool, we can just take on this identity. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's almost like those really cliche, almost meme-esque uh, guys, like white dudes from like California in the 90s mm-hmm. who are wearing those like upside down visor caps and they're like, <laughs> um, and they're like yeah, basketball yeah, yeah. jerseys and, and all that kind of thing. And like would throw gang signs and stuff and be like, you know, yeah. Crenshaw, Crenshaw. And you're like, this is like this is what that feels like, mm-hmm. but I think the difference here is that. So, so this is the thing where I think they're getting it right, is they're catering to an appetite for a vibe, and that vibe yeah, yeah, is yeah, consistent, yeah. right? So, you know, there's like growly kind of synth sort of chords that play at the start of, say, a Travis Scott joint, mm-hmm. or or even yeah, like Drake stuff, um, Future stuff, mm. that immediately sets the tone. For like, mm. I'm in the car with my boys. We're cruising down the freeway doing 160 because there's no laws there. And we mm. want the music that plays in the background that captures that vibe. Yeah. So they want that. And so they're being fed that really comfortably, really easily. Yeah. And then the themes of like what they want, um, they match like what's being given to them in the music because that's what comes from the US and Canada and stuff as well. Yeah. And what I think what my frustration is, is it definitely wasn't the first part that Pakistani culture was moving towards Western culture, right? Like intrinsically. It's, it's, not a, it's not a necessity of culture and society that the more affluent and educated people become, the more they gravitate towards, say, like um, polyamory uh, mm-hmm. and, and like, yeah, just like fucking around, drinking and drugs and partying and things like that. That's mm-hmm. not by design and by nature, though it does tend to happen in affluent societies, right? Like rave culture and things like that only took off way past World War II Mm -hmm. once we'd had a whole generation gap of people who struggled and didn't have time or income to dispense at raves. Mm -hmm. Then you had a bunch of people who grew up with a little bit of money in their pocket. They wanted to hang out with other people who wanted to be away from the struggle and strife mentality of their parents. They go and do this. Mm. So there's a similarity, but there's there's meant to have been a bedrock of culture and especially religion that should inform the way people go about things, the kind of messaging. And it's that they've gone even further away from that than folks have here. Than like someone like myself has here where I had that grounding Mm -hmm. and decided to kind of like venture out into the world and see if there's anything more and ask myself the question like what feels right when I kind of have always known what feels right. And I just wanted to be like, what feels more right than this? And Mm. like the answer is basically like, heaven right Mm. there's there's like a version of intrinsic and intuitive rightness that we can let guide us yeah and we just tend to forget it along the way because the world is like quite stunning and distracting and sparkly in its own right Mm. so i guess my frustration is that like we 
like we as in the Pakistani musicians and creatives have an opportunity to explore through this new genre of hip hop and through yeah. a new wave of music to explore the same themes that previous generations of like poetry and art and all that have explored within Pakistani culture and creative culture for a long time. Mm. And instead of absorbing hip hop as an influence into the existing canon of what mm. gets discussed and the kinds of themes that we care about, people are instead going, oh, well, if we want to participate in hip hop, we have to abide by these themes. So yep. we're just going to go and do that. Yeah, right. And so that's where you've got 99% of artists like that just want to go and you know make that kind of music. It's either like battle rappy fight music. Everyone's obsessed with who's beefing with who. Uh, <laughs> everyone is, you know, everyone's injecting. Uh, yeah, and then everyone's injecting like drug references and, and girls and driving and gangs and all that kind of shit. Right. All the same frustrations that like you and I faced when we decided, yep. we were, and like we decided, yep. right? It wasn't in our blood to become hip hop artists. Yep. We decided that there's a method, there, there is stuff within us that wants to be expressed and hip hop feels like the right yep. venue and avenue to do that. Sure. And yeah, recognizing our space within that as tourists, I like that we've been using that term since the start is like, we're here yeah, with like a temporary visa, right? Yeah. Like we recognize that we've arrived here yeah. and we want to make the most of this. We want to contribute in ways that we can, mm -hmm. but this isn't in our blood. This isn't yeah. something we thought we were destined to do from a kid. Mm. So that thing I think is lost on Pakistani culture and the, and the youngsters making this music because mm. they just go, well, this is potentially a path to success or I always knew I wanted attention and to be in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. This is a genre and this genre they believe has these prerequisites. This is what you need to talk about. Yeah. And so where I stand now is like, I want to be making the music that shows like that not only is impressive, does the rhyme scheme shit, does the like, does the really cool production stuff, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things I think Pakistan is lacking in right now. There aren't, there isn't like a litany of producers that are just making dope beats. Mm -hmm. Everyone's kind of self-made, just starting out on Fruity Loops and stuff like that. And that's cool. Yeah. But there's, there's a, a bridge that needs to be made. And mm. I think right now that just means me like working with Aussie producers, linking them up with Pakistani producers and being mm. like, let's make tracks together. Yeah. Let's make music that is motivational, that is inspirational, that is uplifting mm. and is still within that branch of what is hip hop and, mm. and people can bump it. Mm. And so I'm arriving there and I kind of have this like Chance the Rapper-esque kind of mentality to what music can and should be. I want to like bring... Sufi folk like vibes and, yeah. and Gawali kind of music and put that with hip hop over the top because he's been doing that with gospel and, and all that kind of thing. Mm. And people are very resistant. Yeah. People are very resistant with fucking with the traditional because they, they hold that to be really sacred, but then will never speak of it outside of the context of it being there. They don't really hold on to it in a meaningful way. It's just performance. Mm -hmm. It's performative to them that we hold those things to be sacred. Mm. There's, yeah. Uh, it's uh, interesting because, yeah, I guess I see a lot of similarities between in terms of the emulation um, from the scene here. And obviously this the Australian scene is obviously um, we have seen that like there's a – you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want. So, yeah. there is, so there is a lot more experimentation. There's a lot of people doing lots of different things. But there has definitely been a, a, a plenty of Australian rappers who emulate um, but – to me, I've always seen them emulating a. They emulate um, an earlier version of hip hop. There's mm -hmm. a lot more '90s stuff, and mm -hmm. uh, and um, so it's interesting, like seeing. I guess I've thought of you know I've, we, we've spoken about emulation a lot on this podcast back in the day as well, and just yeah. in general. And um, but it's 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 always interesting to me, like emulating 
as we mentioned, like the, the kind of the, the more gang culture orientated stuff of the earlier hip hop stuff, which yeah. still exists now, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a lot now people who are emulating Drake, like Drake isn't writing gangster music because yeah. he's, he's been a rich kid his entire, <laughs> entire yeah. life. He grew up in Canada and um, was on Degrassi. Um, and so, yeah, there's that, there's that vibe. But again, I say it, it is very a capitalist, very, um, it's a product driven genre. Yep. We had Remedy on here the la- uh, mm-hmm. um, last podcast though. And she yeah, was talking about. Yeah, I was listening about, to that on the way over, man. It was, yeah, sick. Yeah, um, and I really enjoy her point about, because um, actually I, I, the f- few times I've seen her, so I saw her as someone who was doing her own thing with these with these genres and with these styles, but uh, there's a deep honesty to what she's doing. And something that she mentioned on that was that she saw um, the bedrock of hip hop was always storytelling. It's always talking about your life experience and mm-hmm. putting that out there in the world. And so she tries to speak very honestly from her perspective. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't actually know if I'm going anywhere with that rather than just agreeing with you that yep. there needs to be more. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. I get why. Cause it's, it's, it's a weird look when you see Drake pull up in a Benz in front of a big mansion and then think like, well, okay, that's the template. I got I got to yep. find that. Mm-hmm. But there's obviously so much culture in Pakistan, which I have no knowledge of, obviously. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It, it is a beautiful genre to explore those things. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a is there other is there other scenes of creativity that are doing that? Are there other scenes, other genres? Is there poetry scene? Is there visual art scenes that you've seen mm-hmm. um, that are a voice for young people to to express their surroundings? Yeah. So. For the longest time, this concept of expressing what's happening, what you're going through, has been very stepped down, right? It's been very oppressed and suppressed because there's, yeah, like as a culture, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's frowned upon to be expressive of your emotions. Generally, Mm -hmm. like there's a hierarchical structure and unless you're sort of the man at the top of that structure expressing your frustrations and, and your, you know, it's vulnerability. So then that's anti-masculine. And then if a woman is doing that publicly, it's not her place to do so because Mm -hmm. yeah, there's all these power structures embedded within the culture that honestly are like at their core, they lead to harmony, like if exercised properly. And there's a lot that I firmly believe in, like having gone over there and having seen things, with structure and with hierarchy exercised well, Mm -hmm. like at their stripped down versions, I'm like, yeah, cool. There is a version of chain of command that Mm -hmm. is way better and always better than like anarchic democracy Mm -hmm. that can be pretty cool, like in theory, but falls apart. Mm -hmm. There is a sustainable version of hierarchy that I think can be doable, but there are like people who immediately hack it. And there are people that will immediately hack every system, right? So so within that... Um, so the, this idea of expressing yourself through any kind of medium has always been quite downcast. Mm. So that's why for the longest time, it was just love songs or devotional <laughs> music that was allowed to be the music yep. and allowed to be the zeitgeist. So to a certain extent, regardless of what the story is or how much I agree with it being the lived experience of these uh, rappers in Pakistan, mm. the fact that they are still storytelling as compared to what has been the dominant music for a very long time mm-hmm. is already like great inspirational signs. Yeah. And I, I think what, 
like where the challenge slash opportunity is, is right now as it's just starting to take off. So Young Stunners is a great example of probably like the first really commercially successful hip hop act in Pakistan. Okay. Right. If I'm following kind of the lineage, there were and maybe still are some people around who outdate them, pardon me, or who predate them. But they're the first ones that like faces plastered on billboards. They're rewriting yeah. their songs to become jingo, jingles for, you know, a, a phone okay, and, right. and stuff. And they are getting deals left, right and center. And it's yeah. like consumer culture is a whole different ball game there. Marketing is a whole different ball game. The moment you are somebody, the moment people mm -hmm. can recognize your face, mm -hmm. someone wants to whack your face on their product and sell it. Okay. And it will sell. Yeah. That's the thing. Fan culture, idol worship, all that kind of stuff is so big there. Right. That all it takes is, yeah, you know, the Young Stun is partnering with Pepsi and suddenly once again, and Pepsi's done this for the longest time. They will yeah. take the biggest face in the country mm -hmm. and put that face on the billboard. Sometimes, so for example, right now, Young Stun is, along with Barbara Azam, the like captain of the cricket team, they'll put like both of them on the same billboard <laughs> just because they're like, well, he is double the chances. That, yeah. and, and like the consumer class could not like think about that for more than a second. They just go, yeah. well, obviously if Barbara Azam drinks Pepsi and Young Sunners drink Pepsi, then I need to drink Pepsi. Yeah. And they, they go that far. They don't even let it sit in their subconscious long enough. Mm -hmm. They just go, oh, cool. I guess I have to have a Pepsi now. Like there are people who actually, like I've, I've spoken to my cousin who was like, I went out and bought this phone because that same day I'd seen an ad with Virat Kohli, my f like his favorite cricketer at the time. Yeah. And he just like swings a bat in the ad and he's like, V23 for your life. And he's like, yep, yeah, cool. I need to have that phone. And then went and bought that phone. No <laughs> regard for the features in it, no regard for anything. And so mm -hmm. when people are that indoctrinated in towards a, a culture of consumption, yeah. what they consume becomes really like really important. And as someone here who's like under, like gone through an education system that's taught me critical thinking, mm -hmm. gone through life experiences that have taught me critical thinking, mm -hmm. I kind of go, I like to be intentional with what I produce as a media, like as a content yep. creator. I would like to think other people take that responsibility just as seriously over there, but they don't. Mm -hmm. And that's what's scary. And so then it's about fostering an environment and there's a sense of urgency for me because I feel like we're at this point in the next two years, everyone's going to start looking for open mics. Everyone's going to start looking for opportunities. People are, you know, making YouTube channels. You, were you at an open mic the other uh, last week? So I have started up what uh, is the only oh, open mic <laughs> in, in Hyderabad. <laughs> right, right. And it's, it's tough. It's hard yeah. because people don't get this concept of like, I can just go and, and perform my thing and, yeah. and, and, and there'll be an audience that listens. And from an audience perspective, I can just go and, and listen to music that people have made. How was the how was the first? Was this the first one? This was the second one. Second one. So the first one went really well. And yep. that was because we, you know, did a bunch of promo. Like, so I partnered with a, a local cafe called Coffee Vergera, Coffee which literally means coffee, et cetera. Great. You know? <laughs> and, um, and I love that idea because- Truly um, passionate about the bean. <laughs> oh, exactly. But, but, you know, the best part is, is it works. Like for, for that market, because literally the way I found it was my cousins and I were going out and they were saying, oh, we're going to take Mashud out. Yeah. Where do we go? Um, and one of them said, oh, let's go for, you know, coffee, et cetera. Yeah. Um, or coffee, whatever, I guess is the best way to kind of describe, like translate it. Yeah. Let's go for coffee or whatever. And, um, and I was like, okay, cool. Where are we going to go? Oh, we're going to go to coffee or whatever. Right. I was like, 
is this like how people talk here? Like it's yeah. just not specific or you don't know yet where you want to go. Yeah. We get to this place and literally called Coffee Vaguera or like coffee or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. that's genius. Mm-hmm. That's actually so good. Yeah. Because it's the kind of thing you would say to a mate, hey, you want to go for coffee or whatever or coffee or something? Yeah. And so, so to put that in there, so it's a great franchise. The guy who like founded it, Mush, total legend. Like yeah. I've got so much love for him. I've met him a few times. So this is a big uh, Yeah, it's a, a chain. chain. I think they've yeah. just opened up their 11th store in Lahore, mm-hmm. um, which is a northern city. Um, so I'm, I'm in the south in Hyderabad. Mm-hmm. So I got there and for the first couple of months, I was like, okay, I'm going to fact find. I'm going to go yep. out to events in my city and soak it up and see yep. what's going on here. And so basically for two months, I didn't do anything because there's nothing going on in my city. Right. Like Hyderabad is my hometown. Mm-hmm. There were no open mics. Like if there's, uh, you know, if there's a, uh, I went to an art exhibition, an art gallery, and that was in like, maybe week three or week four. And I was like, sweet, there's a scene here. But that was like, I spoke to the curator and they were just like, no, this was so hard to do. We had to like partner with the local rotary uh, connection. Mm -hmm, They had mm -hmm. to like go and book the space for us. There's just all this red tape and barriers to creativity in public spaces that why bother? Right. And is so, there, so is there any government funding or anything like that to try to help out? Okay, yeah, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> for example, I have um, I, I have a really example, uh, a really exciting project with uh, Karachi Biennale, right? So um, this runs every other year. It's a massive art exhibition, and they invite artists from all around the world. Right. Um, and this one's going to be amazing because the guy curating it, Faisal Anwar, he is uh, he's a Toronto-based artist, and he's always been obsessed with art and. Um, and digital, like that, that sort of nexus between the two. Yeah. And so this is like um, art, culture, and and uh, or the, the the meeting place between digital futures and, and art and stuff. Yeah. And so within that, I've got an idea for a project, um, and I pitched it to them, and they were really into it. So I'm going to be delivering that in November. Oh yeah. So something like that, that's cool. But the Pakistani government has nothing to do with it, even right. though you're getting international people. We, like, we. So the organization is partnering with the German consul general to deliver this. Okay. Because they're just like, cool, well, we're here. We want to strengthen ties with Pakistan and the arts. Yeah. And, you know, it is a, it's sort of catering to the affluent community. Yeah. So we want to cater to them and, you know, open pathways and stuff. So, mm-hmm. hell, we'll fund it out of our, like, literally their regional office budget. Right. And they're putting money towards it. And now some sponsors have gotten on board, which is amazing. Is it Pepsi? Um, hmm? <laughs> no, is but- Pepsi, um, I was going to say, is, is, is Pepsi bigger than Coke over there? Yeah. To be, that was your go-to. And I was just like, I don't remember the last time I saw a Pepsi ad actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So Pepsi, you know, there, there, there's a real East and West thing there as well. Okay. So all throughout the like subcontinent and stuff, you yeah. will see a, do- a dominance of Pepsi, especially in the Muslim world. Right. Because for a while, and I don't know if this is true or not, I imagine yeah. they're actually run at some point by the same companies and the same people. <laughs> But the amount of anti-Semitism that exists mm. in the Muslim world is, you know, kind of a documented fact. Yeah. But it's like to the point of like, there's just a prevalent belief that Coca-Cola is owned by a Jewish conglomerate or company. Oh, okay, right. So therefore, if you buy it, you're supporting Israel. If you're supporting Israel, you're supporting Palestinian apartheid. If right. you're supporting Palestinian apartheid, you're not a Muslim. If you're not a Muslim, we're going to stone you to death. Right. So it's just this like direct lineage. And then- Man, that is a huge amount of weight to a soda choice. God oh, damn. It, until the Coca-Cola bottle is 10 rupees. So we're talking like eight cents cheaper. Yeah. And then you buy Coca-Cola. <laughs> then, <laughs> then the boycott stops. Great. Because it's just cheaper. Or the guy happens to have a cold bottle of Coca-Cola or a warm bottle of Pepsi and you buy the cold one. Do you put paper bag it, try and hide it? No. Nah. 
because it's literally like, it's just that much. If you ever, so this is a thing, like people will exercise cognitive dissonance yeah. as long as they can. And then when you challenge them, yeah. then they'll come up with all these arguments about, you know, Jews are this, blah, 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 this and this and that. And also the government is doing this to us and everything and every reason. And you can say to them in that argument when they're getting really mad at you, uh-huh. You know, I was saying before that they'll get real critical and, and all this oh. kind of stuff and the critical thinking is absent. They'll suddenly exercise it. And then you just say to them like, hey, didn't you like just buy a bottle of Coke yesterday? Is it not in your fridge right now? Yeah. That's not the point. The point is you're blah, blah, blah. And then they'll appeal to hierarchy. And this is where hierarchy gets abused. Right. Where they're like, don't talk to your elders that way, you yeah. know? So there's like cognitive dissonance is kind of the theme of the thing there. Like mm-hmm. people really don't think about how, they, there's, there's no metacognition. There's yeah. no... I think this and it is because of this. Yeah. People just like, I don't even think this. I just, yeah. I believe it. I know it. I feel it. Mm. And it can be pretty cool and empowering because then, and this is where like Australian culture and Australian artist culture is going to really struggle. Like if you just take, you know, an underground artist, like anyone from like our VU gang yeah. and put him in Pakistani like art scene quickly, you're going to really struggle because yeah. you have to walk into the room demand a thing and insist that you know what you're talking about more than them and and then you get your way. Yeah, we won't do that. We won't do that because <laughs> we believe in collaboration over competition, right? There's no sure. there's no sense of and like- we're terrible at selling ourselves. Telling it, yeah, exactly. And there's no sense of like within us, there's no sense of my idea needs to win over your idea. Mm-hmm. Whereas over there- I've approached people in friendly manners and I've yep. like, I've, I've been approached for people to come and use my studio. And this is like one live example I can give you. Mm. So back in January, I caught COVID yep. and I was very sick. Mm-hmm. And let's say it's Thursday night and I have just spent the whole day with like a 40, 41 degree like fever. Right. But I then, am bedridden. Yep. I am feeling like absolute death mm-hmm. and my phone rings and it's a yep. number I don't recognize. So I'm like, Okay, I can muster up enough to like take the call. Sure. I'm, I'm never going to not take a call. It's just an illness I have. Yeah, that's the polar opposite for me. <laughs> I don't know the number, even if you do know the number. Like some, I've ne- yeah, I never yeah. answer a private number. I never answer a number I don't recognize. Yep. No, flat out refuse. If it's important, they'll leave a message. <laughs> or they'll call again. And we'll see if they get through. <laughs> we'll see if they get through. So that's the thing is like, so this number calls. Here's my gut instinct of like always hustling. This could yep. be important. Let me pick up the phone. Hello. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And they immediately start talking really fast. Oh, for some reason in Pakistan, it's not important to enunciate. Okay. <laughs> like people will just sort of talk and they're just kind of like talking, whatever kind of comes out of their mouth and they just sort of expect you to hear it and understand it and whatever you're saying, like, okay. you know, you're just as fluent a speaker as I am. So I guess you're understanding this and it's not a problem. Yeah. So I'm not as fluent a speaker of like the local language. Yeah. And, and given I'm up on Google Maps and operating as a business, people uh-huh. assume... Uh, to start with Urdu, which is the national language, but not uh-huh. even close to like my native. Like it's right, not my right, daily. Right. Yeah. So he immediately launches straight into like, hey, blah, 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 talking call about such and such. I'm like, cool, slow it down, give it to me again. Yeah. And they're like, hey, and like suddenly he's got a problem with me for asking him to slow it down. Right. And so off the bat, we're not doing great. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, what's up? And he's like, I want to, I want to come and record something at the studio. Yeah. Um, what are your rates? I was like, Cool, man. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Rates, let's talk about that in a first consult, which is free. Mm -hmm. Come along to the studio. We'll have a chat. And he's Mm -hmm. like, okay, cool. I can come now. I'm like, no, 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 Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Don't come now. Yeah. I want you to come on Tuesday because I have COVID right now. Uh Come on. And mind you, I have COVID and I know I can't tell this guy wait two weeks for self-isolation. I'm like, come on Tuesday. And this is Thursday. He's like, oh, okay. 
Um, it's just that, you know, your, your studio says you're open. I'm like, yeah, like I got, I got COVID mm-hmm. and I'm just the one guy. Um, and he's like, okay, well, I'll tell you what, what I'll do, I'll send you some links to my music now mm-hmm. and I'll give you a call back soon after. So just have a listen and, and get back to me with some <laughs> feedback. I'm like, no, 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 no. So finally I managed to convince the dude like Tuesday, you know, yeah. rock up and we'll meet then. So yeah. then like the next day Young he's dude. like, um, yeah, mid twenties. Yeah. So then the next day and like, I respect the hustle. I respect the urgency. Sure. But like, you know, empathy cuts both ways. <laughs> Absolutely. So the next day, dude uh, calls me up again. Did you listen to my tracks? I'm like, you sent me one like voice note on WhatsApp and I'm pretty sure you just recorded yourself singing straight into it. It's oh, not right. a track. That's yeah. That's a, a, a like a 64 kbps like yeah. audio recording. I'm not into it. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I, I wasn't that impressed, but come in and we'll have a chat. And by now I'm starting to like crack yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah. right? He's like, oh, okay, it's just I can come in tomorrow. Tuesday's so far away. I'm like, <laughs> and, and also you haven't told me rates yet. I was like, come on Tuesday, we'll yeah. have a coffee. We'll, we'll have a chat and we'll yeah. go from there. Okay, Tuesday, what time? I'm like, well, you know, I'm an early riser. Mm-hmm. So I would love it if you could say 8 a.m. Yep. He's like, yeah, 8, I can come at 7. I'm like, chill out. <laughs> 8 a.m. on Tuesday, in you come. Okay, this is interesting. He's like, I'll send you some more stuff. Yeah. Cool. So Friday, then Saturday, Sunday, I didn't really hear from him, thank God. Monday, he's like calling me up at 11 p.m. Still like, dude, I'm coming tomorrow. It's yep. going to be great. Here's some more tracks. Here's some more ideas. I just, I want to make sure the ball is rolling by the time I get there. I'm like, yeah chill out. And he's like, Mm -hmm. what are the rates? I'm like, we're going to talk about it tomorrow once we know the scope of the project. Like we work that out there and then. I'll still give you a quote before we start and we'll stick to the quote, but I need to know what the project is and we'll talk about that in person. Cool. So I wake up, 7.30, I'm ready, like studios next door. Um, And 7.30, I've like asked, you know, let's, let's get some teas going. Let's get you know, the house nice and ready. And I've like cleaned up, set up the studio space, even like started playing around with his acapella vocals that he sent me. Mm-hmm. Eight o'clock comes, shoot him a message. Hey dude, what's up? Nothing. 8.30 comes. I'm like, uh, I'm not into it. So I, you know what? I just kind of oh, shut man. the whole shop. I just messaged him. I was like, dude, I've got a whole wedding to re- prepare for in like three weeks. Yeah. I don't have time for this. You bugged me a lot to delete my number. Don't, <laughs> don't get back to me. And, and at this love point it, I was like it. genuinely pissed off and I was yeah. like, I'm going to let it show. Yeah. So I told him, I'm like, I'm not into this. I don't want to work with you. I don't work with people who want to waste my time and don't respect yeah. my time. And now, so, uh, so I've gone back to sleep. So at 1030, someone from the house comes and wakes me up and is like, Hey dude, um, someone's at the door. He says he wants to talk to you. I'm like, tell him I'm busy. Tell mm-hmm. him I don't want to talk to him. Tell him to go away. Yeah. I will not see him today. He will not see my studio and I'll probably never see him. Mm-hmm. He's then gone, told them, then come back down and been like, he's really insistent. I'm like, I don't care. Tell mm-hmm. him to go away. So he's gone away. Then like 4 p.m. that afternoon, I'm out in the lawn, like hanging out with um, some, some of my cousins and the dudes visited again. And this time face to face. And now mm-hmm. where he started, remember, like I told him, hey, dude, slow it down so we can communicate effectively. And he was getting down my throat about that. Yeah. To now when I've like told him off that like he's horrible and mm-hmm. I don't want to work with him. He's like... I'm your younger brother. I will do anything. You name your price. I'm here for you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why does it take being frustrated and pissed off at someone to Mm. get them to treat you with any kind of respect, Mm -hmm. right? And it's purely because power speaks. There's something about Pakistani culture that is just, Mm -hmm. and maybe it's that hierarchical structure thing, until someone is being stern and downright demeaning to you and putting you in your place, 
you're not going to do the job you actually kind of just should do. Like you're not right. going to extend common courtesy. There's no such thing as common courtesy, mind you. But you're just not going to extend that to people. And the same goes for trying to get work done by the public works department. They're trying to get trying to get a plumber to mm-hmm. do their job is difficult until and unless you are actually yelling at them to do their job. And then they're yeah. like, oh, you should have just said so. I'm like, I've, I've been <laughs> saying so for a long time. So this is the kind of thing that we're up against. Like mm-hmm. this is the kind of challenges that that are faced over there. Yeah. And, and then people are wondering like, why is it a struggle to like get up as an artist? Why is it a struggle to do anything? Mm-hmm. And it's because the culture is so lent towards like almost abusive relationships, almost this like, power speaks if you walk into a room and assert your dominance you get what you want otherwise you just don't yeah and that means a lot of people lose lose out because there is there is a new generation coming up that Mm. are educated on the internet that are educated in the ways of compassion collaboration over competition and they are not able to access these traditional doors of industry because of the way that they those industries have operated Mm. so what's exciting for me is taking this project of what we've done as vibe union for a long time we've created a platform and trying to establish something similar yeah and so i feel like i've been able to do in six months with like getting an event off the ground yeah like just getting a few decent gigs and getting a few bits of exposure yeah been able to do in six months what took us say 18 yeah and i'm very excited to see like how that can keep growing Mm -hmm. because i feel like what we were able to do here was create a really successful model and it continues to grow Mm -hmm. um and i I had me thinking even today back to like i think it was episode 10 you mikado and i recorded here on uh gaining legitimacy as an artist yeah and thinking about how to treat yourself legitimately so Mm. Um, yeah, I guess like one of the main things I wanted to talk about today was like culture and, and how I, I think it's really important to embrace it and to live in that culture as long as possible. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're starting out as an artist, mm-hmm. you need to emphasize where you come from and you need to own that. Mm-hmm. And what I really enjoyed was creating this series of content that was mixed language, you know, traditional Sindhi or Urdu or English and putting them all together. Yeah. And not only getting a response from people there, because obviously that's the language there, but actually getting a response from my following here that's like, dude, we've been dying to hear you like rap in your yeah. language. I was, yeah, I was big into it. I like it. I right? Like it. Yeah. And, and realizing now that that wasn't about being performative. It wasn't about a fetishization or anything like that. Authenticity. It's, it's, it's authenticity. Yeah. Like that's actually where I come from. And if I sugarcoat or whiteface or whatever myself, yeah. I'm losing out on what's actually my clear expression, what my intrinsic language is. Mm. And so is my audience because they want to connect with me, not with yeah. a version of me or a character of me that I think needs to be out there. Mm. So in terms of culture, like, that's my kind of like big rallying cry, especially to people in Pakistan right now. Like, don't yeah. don't dish that. Like, don't forget your culture. That's racist, <laughs> but only here. That, that that joke will go down well in Pakistan. Um, I have zero comment. <laughs> I, I don't know what to think of that. Safe. I like it. Um, and the other component is just like, be ready to be assertive. Like, be ready to be ready for change. Like, yep. if you are if you are a young artist, like step into that legitimacy as mm. much as you can because that is one of the things we discussed back in episode 10. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, having done that here and it took me four or five years to feel legitimate, Yeah, doing that for six months over in Pakistan, I'm in a similar position of legitimacy. And yeah, mm. of course, I've got this five years experience to teach me that. Yeah, But like cut down your own exploration time, cut down the false modesty and humility and just step into your authenticity and say, I have this much power and I'm going to wield it in this context. I believe in who I am as an artist. So if you are not into this, I don't need to compromise. I can find someone else 
that fucks with it instead. Mm -hmm. And I think like, especially in the Melbourne scene, most of the people listening here are going to be Melbourneites. Um, You you can and should do that because there are only so many people being fully authentically themselves. Mm. Everyone's struggling, but there's a huge market. And in Pakistan, step into that even more because yeah, sadly power speaks Mm -hmm. and it's only until I've been at it long enough and then build up another team around me over there that we can put on events that are actually open source and Mm. and really free to go to. Um, And there's some cool projects like T2F and the open mic there. Shouts out to Shamela who's putting that on. Um, That's that's a really cool project. Um, And we're just trying to, yeah, just trying to get some avenues for expression going. Yeah. Um, So that's a very long-winded rant, but hopefully encapsulates and nuggetizes what I've been up to. Huge. Um, yeah, I'm very keen to, to see though digitally what, what that all transpires into. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I jokingly said that there's no differences between the scenes. It's obviously very, very, very not true. <laughs> um, but yeah, lots of uh, interesting lessons to, to take away from. Yeah, that's really cool. I, mean, I hope that you can... So it, it sounds like it's a, it's a big task but a very meaningful task to actually give a voice to to a bunch of young Pakistani people that mm-hmm. need that. Absolutely, man. Hell yeah. I'm um, MQ, good to see you. Good to chat to you. Um, good to have you back in Melbourne town for a little bit. Um, nice, man. Anything else you want to plug on on our little podcast here? I reckon, um, I reckon I'll be dropping under construction soon, yes. finally. I've Excellent. been sitting on that for a long time. Uh, I th- I'm trying to get this gig going next Thursday. So okay. classic me, I'm here for two weeks and I'm like, I want to do a Kawali night where uh, we're going to live instrumentally perform some of my tracks yep. and in a totally different style. Um, so that is potentially going down next Thursday on the 22nd mm-hmm. of June. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay tuned to my Instagram for that. Uh, this is probably dropping what next week or the week after even coming Monday. So coming yeah. Monday. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So three days from now, uh, if you're listening <laughs> or watching, uh, come check that out. Uh, head over to my YouTube and my Instagram channels, uh, to catch the content afterwards. It's all in the description links in description. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, I mean, I'm in town, so I'm checking out mortal cadence. I'm checking out talking blue. I'm checking out state of yep. oscillation because it's where my people at. That's yep. like, that's where the vibes are the highest where people are just, it's community, like we were having that conversation yep. before. It's actually just people filling discrete roles that they've actually more or less assigned to themselves to come and contribute that. Mm-hmm. And that feeling feels amazing. And I've missed that because that's missing in Pakistan. Mm. So it's good to good to look forward to soaking in that for a bit mm. and then going and rejoining. Um, Take that and model and apply it there. Apply it there. Hell yeah. So that's the plan. Uh, thanks so much, MQ. Thank you, Raph. This has been the Vibe Union Podcast. Like, comment, subscribe, share, do all the good things. Mm, Yeah, that's it. Bye-bye. I love all of you, man.